Amen. I gotta stop this if we're gonna read a lot of verses. Um, what I need you to do is I need you to stand for the reading of God's word. Go to Isaiah 10, and we are gonna be flipping around a bit. So for your convenience, I have it on the screen, and I'll try to uh, to tell you what verse we're skipping to. So we're gonna start in chapter 10, um, in verse. I will start in five. Okay. 10.5, woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger, in whose hand is the club of my wrath. I send him against a godless nation. I dispatch him against a people who anger me. I see to seize loot and snatch plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. Go to verse 11 now. Shall I not deal with Jerusalem and her images as I dealt with Samaria and her idols? When the Lord has finished all his work against Mount Zion and Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the king of, the, of Assyria. For the willful pride of his heart and the haughty look in his eyes. Go down to verse 15. Does the axe raise itself against or above him who swings it? Or does the saw boast against him who uses it? As if a rod were to wield him who lifts it up, or a club brandish him who is not wood. Go to verse 20. This is the remnant of Israel. In that day, the remnant of Israel, the survivors of the house of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down but will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Verse 24, Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says, O my people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrians, who beat you with a rod and lift up a club against you as Egypt did. Very soon, my anger against you will end, and my wrath will be directed towards their destruction. Go to uh, chapter 11, verse 1, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Verse 6, we're almost done. Hang in there. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. Verse 10, in that day, a root of Jesse will stand as a banner. For the peoples, the nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. In the last verse, chapter 12, he will raise a banner for the nations. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Y'all can be seated. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Judah's offense, God's judgment, Judah's deliverance, and how does that apply to us today? Um, and so keep your Bibles open. We're going we're gonna to start in... Uh, chapter 10, and we'll work our way, and we'll eventually end up at the end of 12. So just an FYI, there is way more meat in that session there that we can talk about today. And so I'm going to challenge you that as you leave and later on this week, for y'all to go home, read, read this, and, and don't just read it, but study it, because man, there's a whole bunch. But, but uh, I feel the Lord has placed this on my heart today um, to talk about. And uh, before we get to the here and now of the text, let's talk about the then and there. Um, let's catch up a little bit on some history. I have a, I'm going to have a map up on the screen so you can kind of follow along. The kingdom of Israel was united under King David and his son Solomon until the reign of Solomon's son, Rehoboam, where it divided. Okay, and you might, have, might be familiar with this, but it divided. He had the 12 tribes of, the, of Israel, and it divided. The, the northern kingdom of Israel had 10 of the tribes, and then the southern, southern kingdom of Judah uh, took two of the tribes. Okay, so that's kind of where, where we sit right now. In the early chapters of Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying Judah's judgment because of their disobedience and, and their moral compromise. Um, see, Israel, the northern kingdom, uh, they, was, they were destroyed by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. 
God allowed this to happen because their consequence to sin and disobedience. So what Isaiah is saying is what happened to Israel in the north is about to happen to you, Judah, in the south, if you don't flee from your immoral ways and turn to God. Right? So the message of Isaiah is to repent. Now, it's not just repent like uh, do your best to, to change your behavior because we all know that behavior modification isn't long-lasting. It, it's, a, it's a refocus of your God. Okay, you're, you're following the gods of the land, and I'm saying don't just try to stop that, but, but turn your compass to, to true north, and that is to follow the God of Israel. Now, if you're anything like me, you know that interpreting Scripture or reading Scripture and knowing what does this mean for me today can sometimes be hard. Now, if you get into the deep, deep study of this, it, it, can, it can be, but, but this surface level, I, I want you to know this is very simple. It's, it's like this. If, if we sin, we're subject to God's punishment, right? Pretty simple. Okay, so that's what he's talking about to Judah. If you're sinning, if you're not going to turn from it, if you're not going to go back to God, you're subject to the punishment of God, right? The creator of the heavens and the earth. Now, some people may see this as unjust or oppressive. But I see this as an extension of, of God's love. And so let's take this inside your home real quick. Uh, who ought to be in charge in your home? Parents, I heard it. Parents, right? He's the only parent in charge in his home. No, y'all know that. Parents are in charge. Now, so if a kid comes to you and says, hey, I, I want to eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're in charge, and you're going to say, no, nothing else. Right? You're going to redirect him. Um, him or her, or a kid says, oh, here's a fork, and there's a light socket, and they go to this. You're going you're gonna to intervene, and you're going to say, no, 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 this, this isn't smart, it's not healthy. You may explain to them what could happen. But if that child decides to do something that you told them not to do, you're not cruel and unjust to punish them, right? Right. So, I mean, in fact, and I, and I want us to understand this, that real love demands punishment at times to protect your child. It, it demands it. And unfortunately, tangent, not in my notes, but I just, our culture sees that punishment is wrong. And so anyways, that's, that's where some of the catalyst of, of where we are in our culture is today. Anyways, I digress. Isaiah is reminding the people of Judah that real consequences that come from the real love of the Father is actually good. But he would prefer there to be not, not be consequences if they just obey the Father, okay? So now parents have different ways of punishment, okay? Um, some parents spank, some parents restrict, others use a consequence or reward system, um, and to each his own. I say if, uh, if you're not compromising love, then do it gets the job done. And what I mean that, like, my, if, if they spanked me, I would have done. I mean, I, I, would, I would change, I would be good to go. My brother, he just kind of... Go ahead, do it. Give it all you got, right? But maybe if you took away his Nintendo, about, hey, okay, I'll do whatever you want, right? So it just kind of depends. Well, well, God knew that the Assyrians were the right punishment for these people. And he used the Assyrians um, as a source of punishment um, for Israel. And he's now threatening, I guess, um, to use the same punishment for Judah if they don't turn from their immoral ways. Does that make sense? Right? Applies to home, we get it, right? Punishment is good. Punishment is good. And by God, it's absolutely good. He's not going to do it wrong. Sometimes us as parents, we, we may do it the wrong way, and that's because we're human. But God's punishment is, uh, is righteous. Listen to what the Lord says as, uh, about his destruction through the Assyrians. Okay, so chapter 10, verse 15 and 16. 
Does the axe raise itself above the person who swings it, or the saw boast against the one who uses it, as if the rod were to wield the person who lifts it up, or a club brandish the one who is not wood? Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will send a wasting disease upon his sturdy warriors. Under his pomp and fire will be kindled like a blazing flame. So we see that the Assyrians are a tool of the Lord. And, I, and it's really important that we understand that the Assyrians, without the permission of God, couldn't do anything to Israel or Judah. Okay? But because God is a good God and his child is disobeying him, he's using the Assyrians like we would use an axe to chop wood. It, it is just a tool of the Lord to deliver uh, to punishment, to deliver punishment. Isaiah 10, 24. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says. My people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrians who beat you with a rod and lift up a club against you as Egypt did. Isaiah is telling the people to not, um, to not fear, but to trust in the Lord. Okay, so have hope. Which, I guess in times of punishment, you need that encouragement. Isaiah, um, uh, so next, it's like a parent who, who wants to discipline a child. And a good parent, a good dad, or a good mom, uh, quickly after the punishment, seeks um, to forgive. Okay, because that's what God our Father does. He, he punishes, but he, for, he, he forgives us. And he seeks to communicate to the child the importance of their relationship. Okay, and God is, God is just the same. In fact, we take that from his example. Isaiah selected two examples in Isaiah 10, 26 to illustrate the Lord's future deliverance of Judah. The Lord Almighty will lash them with a whip as when he struck down Midian at the rock of oil. And he will raise his staff over the waters as he did in Egypt. So Gideon's victory, victory over Midian, which is crazy, right? 300 people versus about 120,000. Um, or the victory over Pharaoh um, in Egypt at the Red Sea, which we're familiar with that, right? God, God is the one who fights our battles. So, so Israel is, uh, um, Isaiah is trying to remind Judah, God is the one that fights your battles. So even if you're going to get punished for doing something wrong, know that God is in charge. And he's going to fight your battles. And boy, that... That's just what I needed to hear today. I don't know about y'all, right? Sometimes your battle seems a little bit too big for you to handle. Well, the fact is, it is too big for you, but God fights your battles. Okay, now listen, this is, this is cool, okay? So in my study, I, I had forgotten about this verse, and I'll read it to you in a second. The Lord later humbles and defeats the Assyrians, and it's, it's recorded in the later part of Isaiah. So go to, if you want to, or take note, Isaiah 37, verse 36, okay? Now this is... This whole time it's talking about the destruction from the Assyrians, but listen to this. Verse 36, Then the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, they were all, they were all the dead bodies. And I'm thinking, boy, you don't mess with God. 185,000 from an angel. Sometimes we think of angels, just these fluffy creatures. And, man, angels are warriors. The Assyrians, the Assyrians are the best warriors of the day. No mercy. Here's one angel of the Lord. Boom. 185,000. So I want to encourage you that in the midst of your battle, and it may be a consequence to a sin. It may be. Or maybe just something God is using to refine you into his likeness. Either way, whatever battle you're in, God is God. Okay? Um... This, to me, is where it really gets exciting. Okay, so go to chapter 11, verse 1. The branch of Jesse. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. 
From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So who here is this talking of? Jesus, but not just Jesus of the first coming. Okay? Now, he doesn't change yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but he comes in a different way. This is talking about the Jesus of the millennium. Now, this is what's going to happen. Okay? We're going to read a couple verses about this. He is going to come, and praise God, he came in a humble way. right? He, he showed his character as a humble God. But he's, this time, he's going to come with an iron fist, and he's going to say, you will not stand against me. Whoever tries to stand against them, it will not happen. And so this right here, and, and I, I, I've never read it like this before. And so praise God for, for his spirit and, and giving insight into scripture. I want you to pay attention to this real quick, okay? I'm going to read this passage, and I want, just, I want you to see how closely it resembles that of the Garden of Eden before the fall, before sin, okay? So this is a prophecy of a time that will come. Uh, verse 6, Isaiah eleven six: the wolf will live with the lamb. Well, right there. Did that happen? No. Okay, cool. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie together, the lion will eat straw like an ox. The infant will put, this is cool right here, I highlighted this because, you know one of the curses of man, or the curses in the garden was that there would be enmity between the, the, uh, the woman's um, offspring and the snake, right here. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. God is saying, I am redeeming it. I am redeeming what has been lost. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the, the sea. Uh, verse 10, in that day, a root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Very surface level here. Okay, shows that Isaiah is telling of the rule of the Messiah in the thousand-year reign. Amen. Praise God, man. I mean, that just, that's just cool. In chapter 11, he is communicating that the promise of the Messiah to come uh, is, on, is on its way. And he closes out and he puts forth a warning to the nation of, of Judah. Now, what does this mean for us today? Simply put, we like Judah have fallen short. We've heard this, right? Romans 6.23, for the wages of our sin is death. Right? Can we, can we agree with that? We get that, right? I mean, it's kind of leading up. We agree that punishment is good if done in the right way. It redirects, and, and we ourselves have sinned, and so our, our punishment or our consequence is death. Praise God because of his plan. Okay, his plan because of his plan, we can look forward to a day where Jesus has taken his place as king. The wolf will one day live with the lamb, as referenced in 11.6. And he will have redeemed what has been lost in the fall. Isaiah eleven twelve. you can go there. And in that day, he will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Those that Isaiah is speaking of, along with those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will sing a song of salvation that we find in chapter 12. And speaking of singing, last, it was about two weeks ago, I ran across this article, and this is just, just a God thing, because I was studying this, and uh, I, I just wanted that take home, you know, how do I apply this today? So I was reading this article um, that brought tears to my eyes. It's not hard to bring tears to my eyes, but it's brought tears to my eyes. 
of a man who was publicly praising the Lord for, for doing a miracle in his life. Now, we can correlate this to what we were just reading about with Judah, okay? So this man had done something that was immoral, um, and the Lord redeemed it, redeemed it and made it right, made it righteous. And this man could only do one thing, and that is sing it out loud in a public place. And so what I want to read a, a column. This is written by Nancy Flory uh, about this man, Edward Verdon, and then I'm going to show you a video of what he did. So this is from Miss Nancy. When new recording artist Edward Bird toured the U.S. Capitol last week, which is a couple weeks ago, he didn't expect to sing in the rotunda. Now a video of him singing the hymn, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, has gone viral. Bird, along with members of the group, changed. Men and women who, who chose to leave homosexuality went to the Capitol to tell lawmakers that a bill to outlaw their therapy for homosexuals would only hurt those who wanted to change. After a tour of the Capitol, Bird began to sing. Oh, how even the statues seemed to weep. For Bird, the song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, is meaningful. Quote, I have a personal relationship with that song, end quote, Bird told Faithwire. Quote, when I first came out of the lifestyle of homosexuality and things really became hard for me, as far as transitioning out of my old life and into my new life, the Lord spoke very clearly to me. There's power in the blood of Jesus. End quote. Bird told the stream that as our culture struggles with divisiveness, there's only one thing to do. Quote, the real thing that we need to do in, in this moment is return back to Jesus. He is the one who heals. End quote.
Isaiah 12, verse 4. And that day, and I say, why not today? You will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. So um, let's do it. What do you say? Right now, let's sing. We're not in the middle of the sermon, we're kind of towards the tail end. But I want us to sing in a way that we've never sang before. Okay? I want you to, to, to just, I mean, just put away everybody else, and, and I want it to be you and him. I want you to know that all the struggles that are in your life, God is going to be, he can use them for good. And he wants to redeem whatever has been lost. And so because we know that about God, let's do what Isaiah 12 says. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord for he has done glory, saying, let this be known to all the world, shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel. Y'all stand and let's sing.
defeated. God is so good, y'all. And um, even like it said in, in chapter 10, even though we've made him angry like Judah, he is good. Judah was guilty for lying more than lying. I think they God. And so I, I, I'm going to start, but I'd like you to do the same as to ask Jesus, where in my life have I allowed a decline that has separated me from you? And just put it on the altar. Allow him to identify it, whatever it is in your life that is, is hindering y'all's relationship. Put it on the altar and accept, accept the rebuke of a father. I'm a dad, and I know that when I discipline my kids, it doesn't change my love for them. And so if I can just learn that when he rebukes me, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love me. And I know that my discipline for my child is only to train them and remind them, like, this isn't right. There's more for you. There's better in your life than ice cream, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we have the same thing when we are children. We're sheep, and we do things that don't make sense, and God's saying, hey, listen, sometimes I'm going to gently redirect you, sometimes I'm going to allow Assyria to come against you, because I want more for you. He loves you so much. And some of y'all don't hear that enough. He loves you so much. Maybe you've never responded to that love. Maybe you've only seen the attacks in your life as that from a God who is oppressive and unjust. And I would challenge you to redirect the lie that Satan's put in your life. Correlate it to a good father who's actually against. And I want you to see that he is the God who fights your battles for you. And if you don't have that relationship with Christ, then let today be the day of salvation. God is wanting you to come into his kingdom. He wants to be on your side. And he's done everything he can to position you to make a decision to allow him to be Lord of your life. And so today is the day of salvation. And so we want to invite you to come up to the front. We have our prayer team that's going to come on up front right now. And if you, now it may be that you want to make a decision to make him Lord of your life, which praise God if that's it. And maybe it's just you have a relationship, but you like me at times are like you guys. And you're like, well, and I just need to repent. Maybe I need prayer for something. Then, then let that be the case for you. But we want to make this time an opportunity for you to respond to the Lord. And I think of the song that we're saying, about the blood of Jesus, isn't it a question that demands response? What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And he asks us to respond to his promptings. And so let's do that now.